welcome aboard the battleship pretension. This is not Tyler Smith. This is David Bax. David. Yeah. How you doing? <laughs> uh, I I feel I feel comforted. I feel like I'm back at home because you so perfectly emulated the my absent co-host. Right. Uh, I tried to make it my own. This is Josh Fadum uh, subbing. Yes, Tyler Smith is actually uh, still on assignment. Um, Josh Fadum is 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 subbing in. Co-captain. Um, yes. This is co-pilot. Uh, yes, that's right. Um, so this is the uh, co-pretender. Okay, I'm not going to try. Uh, no, how, what, how, what were you going to say? You weren't going to try what? Was I, I interrupted you about something? I was. Uh, I, 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 you didn't actually mind. answer how you doing. I said. I. I, I said well, that I to imitate, actually, but I also sincerely should ask. I would like to know. I mean, I, you know how I'm doing. I'm, yes, I'm but, not in I a mean, great mood today. Yes, I want to. Yes, I want you to purge it. <laughs> I want you well, to no, get I can't it out. really talk about. It. Well, we well, I want you to just in general. I mean, you know, what could make you feel better? What could? How well, could I think. Oh, having, we can look, get off the subject too. I think having a great episode with my friend Josh Fadum here. Okay, thank definitely, you. Yeah, good. Definitely do the trick. Good. Good uh, to see you. But yeah, I'm a bit nervous because um, I did an episode last week that was lost. <laughs> Hopefully, it will be able to. <laughs> it will be um, redoable. But um, so I'm a bit. I'm a bit nervous about this. Uh, good news that's is what's going on. Good news is. About that, if you covered some ground last week and you think of it again this week, and you don't have to filter yourself, you can just say it again. That's true. You That's don't true. have to think like, oh, you know, I said that last week. I don't want to be redundant. Yeah, yeah. You can just say it again. Yeah. And then the next time you do that, when you redo that episode, you'll come up with something new. But don't even worry about that for now. You know? Yes, you're distracted. You're looking at all kinds of things. Yeah, because right I'm just trying to make sure. But what I, the other reason I'm distracted is because what I really want to know, Josh Fatem, uh, is how are you? How oh, have you been? Shit, God, the questions, <laughs> the hard balls. Uh, I'm pretty good. Um, I've been doing a lot of stand-up comedy. Yeah, around town. Um, there was uh, I've been doing it. They're laughing. They're thinking I'm funny. Um, uh, feeling. You know, uh, my voice probably sounds worn. And someone I ran into someone the other day, they were like, uh, hey, your voice sounds lower. Probably I've been yelling too much Yeah, at stand-up. And it's changing my voice. It's ruining it. Yeah, you're going you're, you're gonna to be the Tom Waits of stand-up in a, Give me in a, a few, few short months. <laughs> yeah. Y'all ever notice? Hey, you guys ever notice? I, I don't know Tom Waits. That's the best Tom Waits on a whim I can do. That's pretty good. It's yeah. pretty good. Um, now, uh, people who've been listening uh, to this uh, Tyler Smith sabbatical know that um, we've been having guest hosts on who are who are uh, listener favorites, and they've been bringing on friends of theirs as guests. So, as guest host of the podcast, Josh, would you like to introduce our guest today? No. Well, you're going to yes. have to. Okay. <laughs> uh, today we have uh, director Rachel Goldenberg as a guest. Hello. Yes. You're you're like an MC. You host. Oh, so a show. I see. That was I like just, I, so I was that saying, was worse than I would. Well, do. gosh. I mean, you didn't prep me. You didn't tell me. I mean, you supposed to say. I'm used to just like saying like they're talking about me. They're talking about me. Let me do a little better <laughs> than that. It's like and then here and this and then he's Josh Fadum. So here we go. Uh, Rachel nice Goldenberg. Guest. Rachel, Rachel Goldenberg. No, save her name for last. God damn it! You all say, the shit. You say our next guest over. is a very close friend of okay. mine. Well, we're not this. close, but a mutual admiration. I admire Rachel. I say on a podcast. I think she. Well, you're interrupting. I'm doing. It's 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 in organically and sincerely coming out. Okay, and then you're you're but you're stopping. Let's you're pretend stopping. you haven't said her name yet. Okay, the the guest, our first, our our only guest, our guest today, 
oh, man, this is too hard. I, I'm not cut out for this hosting thing. <laughs> I, I can only get on the guest site. Would you like to swap? Yo, no, uh, so, yes, the guest, yeah, um, the guest that we have that I have suggested is uh, a director and a friend and someone I admire. And uh, um, I know her originally from Funny or Die. She's directed some funny videos for Funny or Die. And she's also directed some other interesting things that I think David had wanted to talk about. <laughs> yes, and yes. Um, and so I thought that she would be a great person to have on the show, Rachel Goldenberg. Was that bad? That's was that me. bad? That was great. That I was great. You seem, you seem like, oh boy, Josh is digging a deep hole. <laughs> I've never been introduced better. Oh man, I don't believe you. <laughs> I, no, I think uh, you really saved it. Oh good. Yeah. God, thank God. So Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Um, so first off, how do you know Josh? Through uh, Funny or Die? I just said through Funny or Die. But yes. I want to hear your impression. Yeah, of how Josh. do you know me? <laughs> what do you uh, think of Josh? I know Josh through Funny or Die. Mm-hmm. Uh, I first noticed him uh, as the guy with the dog around the office. Mm-hmm. Um, Who doesn't actually work there? Yes. <laughs> just keeps showing up with his dog. I have a thing where I look down at dogs often before people. I do that. So I know dogs better than people, and sometimes I will even like rudely not make eye contact with the person and, and like say hello to their dog first. Do you have a dog? I don't have a dog. I think that's why. I think it's the like a problem. That well, I... You can hear his. <laughs> yeah, there he is. Um, one thing I've learned from having a dog, in, uh, in in the neighborhood around me, I know my neighbor's dog's names, but not there. Like, I'll be walking my dog, and our dogs will meet, and we'll say, I'll say, this is Jack, and they'll say, this is whoever, blah, blah, blah. And I, I realize, like, now I know these dogs by name. I have no idea what their owner's names are. That's just the guy who has that dog. Uh, before I had my own dog, I was also, like, obsessed with dogs. Where I'd see dogs, and I would pretty much just, like, kind of bark talk at them, you know, I go, ruff, 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 you're a good, good dog. And I would just like kind of say stuff like that. <laughs> and since having my own dog, it's kind of, I, I am just always focused on my own dog now. I'm not, I'm not going to, other, I'm not seeing other dogs going, ruff, 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 and ring, ring. like I would even drive in my car and I'd see a person walking their dog and go, ruff, 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 by myself. <laughs> Can I uh, relate a story? I don't know if you remember this. Uh, my old apartment that I briefly lived in on Fountain Avenue, you were over once and, um, you were leaving. You were going to see a midnight show of The Dark Knight. So this was two thousand eight, right? So you're leaving my place about eleven, eleven fifteen, and my neighbor's oh, dog. And was it? Was it that uh, you you had an ex girlfriend who was taking these strange pictures? Yeah, she was doing a photo series. Right, and right, you were, right. Yeah, you were. So you were all dressed up. Anyway, you were like weird metal stuff. I don't you were think leaving. I ever saw it was like pictures. the anyway, late night. It was like on a Thursday. You know, um, Dark oh, Knight. Uh, right. Yeah, and so you and my neighbor's dog was tied up outside and was like. You know, just laying there, and you like saw saw him and like riled them all up and played with them for about a few minutes, and you're like, "Okay, guys, gotta go." And then this dog was just going fucking nuts in the middle of the night for like the next half an hour. I'm sure was I was like, funny. "I'm sure I was like, you guys want to come see the Dark Knight?" And you're like, "We can't." And I was like, oh, "Here's the here's the payback." <laughs> That's you got him. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, non-dog questions. Uh, where are All you right. from, Rachel? I'm from, I was born in Pennsylvania, but I'm from Massachusetts. I grew up in Massachusetts. Okay. Where in Massachusetts? Outside of Worcester, Mass. Oh. I don't know, I don't know where that I is. I feel like when like a half say, hour from Boston. I've never been there. I feel like when people say Worcester, they always say Worcester, Worcester Mass. Oh. Like it's always a full thing, Worcester, mm-hmm. Mass. Are there multiple Worcesters? It kind of just feels like on, the, well, there's 
Yeah, it kind of feels like on this coast, if you don't say Boston, then people don't know what you're talking about. So usually, but I, if anyone from home knew I said Boston, they, it would be ridiculous. So I just say Worcester, uh-huh. Mass, and then it just clears it all up. Was Worcester on lockdown this week? It was not. No, Worcester, Worcester was fine. Um, I, I found that being from St. Louis and living in California, I have to say St. Louis, Missouri, because people think I'm from San Luis Obispo if I just say St. Louis. Those idiot Californians like we're talking about. It's happened a number of times where people, someone is, will be from San Luis Obispo and be like, oh, I'm from San Luis too. And I'd be like, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Is St. Louis where the city museum Yes. Is. Have you been to the city museum? Yes. It's like my favorite place it's in awesome. the entire world. Yes. And I, I did a road trip coming out to California years ago, and that yeah. was like my favorite stop by far. It's so cool with yeah, the, uh, the school the bus hanging off the top of the, the, of the roof. Yeah, of the it's like the most the... unsafe place in America. <laughs> like you can't normally yeah. go to places that are unsafe yeah. in America. What it's else like, do they have there? It's like a big kind of sculpture, adult playground. I went yeah. like seven years ago or something. Yeah, I, 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 I honestly probably haven't been there in, uh, any more recently than that. Um, but yeah, it's this, essentially this eccentric guy built like a museum that's most yeah, it's essentially just like, like a place junk. you can run around and like they have like a like a, a get tube, a lot of tetanus and a, stuff. A, a tube slide that starts yeah. inside and goes outside the building and comes back in. That's one of the things that happens. Like, a, and, like and like a multiple story slide, like a yeah, yeah. tight little slide <laughs> and like you can climb up these kind of pokey wires into an old airplane hangar that's suspended from it. It's like all this stuff that you just want to do yeah. <laughs> wow and it's, it's really of, it's really a lot fun. Of fun um oh i gotta go there next time i the, go to tulsa maybe i'll drive and there's a uh, skate ramps like in a, in a room oh, right, with just right. ropes hanging from them so you can like you just run up and down these skate ramps and like swing from ropes it's really it's like a, it's awesome it's really fun <laughs> it is um and then also <laughs> movie related real quick um within i don't know if you went within the city museum you can get into the st louis architecture museum where they have um uh, the like sort of gargoyles and like uh, uh, other pieces from the Alexandria Brothers Hospital, which is the real hospital um, that the uh, supposed exorcism that the exorcist was based on took place. That was in St. Louis. Oh well, I thought that the movie takes place in like yeah, the movie is somewhere not in St. Louis, but the 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 story of an actual exorcism taking place. It was a boy in real life, wow. um, but that that inspired what's his name, Blatty. William guy, Peter Blatty. William Peter Blatty to write the novel. Blatter. <laughs> yeah, Blatter. Well, I got to check my William Peter Blatty control. <laughs> so, um, how, uh, as, as Josh mentioned, you direct. Uh, now, how did you uh, – were you always a film fan or, or how did you get into directing? Were you a comedy fan? I always liked movies, but I was not a movie crazy person uh-huh. growing up. Um, and then – in college, I didn't know what I wanted, what major to do, and I was kind of hanging out. And then I started paying attention to all the film kids, and they were by far doing the coolest things in school. And I was like, oh, I can do that for a major? That sounds uh-huh. awesome. And I started doing that. Where did you go to college? Ithaca College, oh, upstate New York. That's where smart people go. It's really? where, it's, like, moderately right? smart, smart people. But that's, like, where, like, smart, like, cultured people go. Like, I always mean, they're always like, I'm like, oh, Ithaca. I'm like, oh, that person sounds cultured. They like no. But here's right? proof, I don't know. proof that I'm not cultured. When I hear Ithaca, I think, oh, that's where they went in that movie Road Trip. Yes, that's where they oh, went. See, to I college. don't know. That's true as well. Well, Ithaca, but like, aren't like Ithaca and Emerson like the same thing? Yeah, pretty much everyone who goes to one of those that was like their top two. You yeah, know, it was like oh Ithaca or Emerson. Yeah, yeah, they're like they're like oh yeah Ithaca Emerson Emerson Ithaca guy. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, you were saying I interrupted. Yes, your, yeah, at college, they were like, we're, oh, like, we're good. Just, we're good at film, filmmaking. You're like, oh, I want to do that too. Yeah, and and so I, I mean, I always you know got good grades and was fine, but I never really cared about things that much that were had to do with applying myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then when I got in the film program, like almost immediately, I was just crazy excited about everything and didn't want to go out, didn't want to do things on weekends. I just wanted to like work on my movies that I was making, and I was like, oh. I should do this for as long as people let me. And uh-huh. I keep thinking that it's going to be, that it's going to stop, but it hasn't. So I just keep, I keep doing it until someone, I feel like someone catches me or realizes like, hey, that's too cool for you to keep doing that. Yeah, go you know? back to that other major. <laughs> yeah. um, well, speaking of cool things that you've done, Josh mentioned Funny or Die. But he also mentioned something else I was interested in because it's come up on this podcast before, um, which is uh, Asylum. The, uh, what are referred to as the Mockbusters. Um, my co-host Tyler and I are both uh, former video store employees. We were always very interested in seeing those and mm-hmm. seeing people get fooled by those <laughs> at, at the video store. So um, t- tell me what, which ones did you work on and what did you do on them, and then I'll have more specific questions. I literally can't remember all the ones I worked on, right. but I'll start, I'll start <laughs> naming. Okay, the ones, I'll go through it real quick. The ones I directed mm-hmm. are Sunday School Musical. Okay. Uh, uh, Which is like, not to be confused with High School, high school Musical. School Musical, but it's not that, it's like, it's, its, own it's like for the Christian kids who aren't allowed to see High School Musical, oh, here's okay. a thing you could watch. Right. Okay. Um, but you'd be surprised at how Directed by a Jewish upsetting. girl. Yes, directed by a tone-deaf Jewish girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes, which came out at the same time as Guy Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes. Right, right. Um, and then The Princess and the Pony, which was an original okay. kids movie. Uh, Grim Snow White, which came out at the same time as the Snow White and you know, Snow White movies. and the Huntsman, Mirror, yes. Mirror. Sure. Um, and then I did one more that ended up airing on Lifetime that's a Christmas movie that's a little different. Okay. Uh, called Love at the Christmas Table. So those are the ones I've directed. But then I've worked on... Uh, briefly, Alien versus Hunter, uh-huh. um, which I, is like Alien versus Predator. Yes. Okay. Um, I worked on Transmorphers. Sure. Two. Classic. Transmorphers two. Oh, okay. Um, I worked on Dragon Quest. I worked on Supernova. What kind of work did you do on on all different hey, all different uh, things? Almost all those were uh, line producing, producing okay. line producing. And, and then the other one. There's already a movie called Supernova with James Spader, and it was. That's the Walter Hill Coppola fiasco, Walter, yeah. Walter Hill took his and name Jack Shoulder. <laughs> See, I know that. It was that. Oh. oh, go ahead, sorry. 2012 Supernova. That's what it was called. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, to, to compete with, with, with 2012, the Roland Emmerich movie? Or no, that came out in like 2009 or something, right? I don't know. Some of them are just like, oh, this sounds yeah. like a good idea. Yeah, they're not um, all. They're just like they'll mix a, a title up. They're like, mm-hmm. you know what? People will probably they knew there was a movie called Twenty Twelve. Supernova sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Put some of those cool graphics on there, and people will be like, ooh, let's watch this. Uh, Street Racer. Okay. What's that? Speed Racer. Speed Racer. Oh, not Fast and the Furious. No. Okay. Uh, although maybe. I mean. Yeah. Um. So my I guess my questions about those. Okay, how quickly are they made? Uh, we shoot in twelve days. Okay. Um. I think some of the, they're a little more now, more like 15, but they okay. were 12. And even just before I w- was working there, I think it was more like 10 to 12. Okay. Um, and the thing that's always interested me with the – specifically the ones that are intentionally like marketed to, to I guess, fool people or to be like something else, um, are those 
are they conceived from the ground up to be that or are they do they does asylum have scripts that they like we can change a few things and this will be like uh or, or we could just or this is nothing like transformers we could just uh, call it First of all, I do think that their model's always changing, and I'm only so in the loop, so everything that I'm saying is kind of just my own opinion or my own thoughts of from what I've seen, so I can't claim to know the method behind the magic. Okay. (laughs) Um, But I would say generally they're conceived to, you know, it's it's looking at the slate of what's coming up in the next year and then picking a few movies that we could do that, that match up to that, and then occasionally it'll work backwards where you're making something and then it's like, oh, let's wait a couple months and release it mm-hmm. now for this thing. But most of the time when they're direct mockbusters, it's, you know, for like Grim Snow White was because of the Snow White okay. movies coming out. Do you think you have a, a strong enough relationship that you could go pitch something to them? Like you could say, why don't we make, like Oblivion was just a big hit, why don't we make something called Confusion? Well, we're already too late. Oh, yeah, that's already late. happened. Well, but like that as an example, right? And, uh, what, and what is the Oblivion knockoff? I don't know. I, oh. There might not be one. Oh, so how am I too late to that? <laughs> because well, it, it has comes to be out. out yeah, it comes yeah. out. It's like, got to come out at the same time. Like almost like a couple weeks before. Right, 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 right. But could I? I still want to know. Could you pitch one? Uh, a little bit, but also with those ones, it's kind of it's so. Uh, it's so bottom line based that mm-hmm. they are deciding what they're making. I think they do take some pitches and I think they'll post on their website for all you people that are interested. Like if they're accepting, you know, um, like sexy comedies or whatever it is uh-huh. that they're accepting. But it's very specific. What they want to make is not just something that fits in our wheelhouse. It's like this thing at this time and often because this buyer has already expressed interest. Right. So it's right. it's all kind of lined up. It's not... It's it's not really. Oh, pitch us. Tell us what you're thinking. Oh, cool. Right, you know. right. Not like that's maybe a way a business model of like, I don't know, some sort of studio or hip indie production company or something. And this is more like, um, based off. I don't know. Someone fil- finished my sentence for me. Is it, is it more more of a factory? Like the, I mean, it seems like it's, it's from a pretty a, streamlined process. Yes, at least from a from a conception. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. standpoint it's it's factory but everyone involved in production or when when it's fun everyone involved in production is throwing their hearts and souls into it in some right. level so it doesn't and it feel, is fun it doesn't feel like that in the moment but it, you had and you had fun making these movies yes but my version of fun is right. like <laughs> when i um there was someone that I, I worked on one of those movies with and i forget which one one of the ones i directed and i had i had a great time you know but uh-huh. like that's always like whenever I'm actually on set on these movies, it's like the best you know two weeks of my year or whatever it is. Um, but a guy who I worked with saw me like a month later and he's like, "Oh, I don't think I've ever seen you smile." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that's <laughs> probably because I'm pulling my hair out the entire like you know not like I'm being mean or anything, but just that I'm like it's it's so Cause chaotic because you're trying things. to yeah. Yeah, that it's that the fun is not necessarily what you know it's not Disneyland fun. It's like running around crazy fun. How, how did you get into it with these guys? Um, I started, uh, my friend was, my friend Ashley was the receptionist at the asylum when I moved out to LA. And so I started, I production coordinated for them and then I came in kind of a good time where a few people were leaving. And so I stuck around and then Sunday School Musical was their first, I think it was their very first kind of non-genre-y movie. And so they didn't have a go-to like, oh, here's our alien guy or here's our, you know, horror slasher guy. Um, and so I showed them uh, my thesis from college and kind of was pitching myself, and eventually they, they were like, all right, 
she can do it. Awesome. <laughs> um, and they did have me make a, because I hadn't ever directed a musical before, they had me direct, like, just with a friend and a camera on a weekend, a musical number as, like, an audition piece to be like, look, I can put music to people mm. saying them on screen and make it look, like, fun. <laughs> and did you, okay, I guess, was there choreography in your audition film or whatever? Uh, Not choreography. There was no choreographer. It was um, Rent, Take Me, or Leave me okay i don't know Rent did they well. did I they the like one song about um, all the minutes it's like the so it's it's these two lesbians who are a couple and they're not getting along um but they love each other and so it's kind of just like sassy ladies walking around and a little bit of dancing but it's not like a chorus or any type of large group are you a musical you know. fan uh i have musicals i like but i'm not okay. you know not particularly passionate about musicals more than anything else were there like um people that you that I mean, did they give you any kind of budget to make that little test thing, or, or were you just like, go go do it and go put it together? I think they like paid for me to rent the camera over the weekend or right. something, but it was it was just like but even me, like finding, like, me and a friend. And, no, it was people I knew and just right. Uh, like, yeah. hi, Cynthia, can you sing a song for me? Yeah. Right. I do think that on the movies, on these low-budget movies, my producing skills, I feel like half of it's producing. Like, I feel like... Mm-hmm a director that's way more of a genius than I am could have a hard time making a good product because half of it's just like you're the one who's going to care the most you're the one who's going to put the time in the other direct you know the producers not making that much and may or may not be experienced and so you know you have to be able to kind of make things happen yourself a little bit and so that's kind of an example of that just like oh I gotta find ways to get things for no money okay you know even though you're directing but you're really doing everything yeah so do you um, – are there plans to do more of them? I mean, you've got this one uh, – well, there's something we can't talk about, right? That has nothing to do with them? Sorry. <laughs> I forgot there were rules of what we could talk about, uh, and I forgot what it was. Um, but do you have plans to do more with Asylum? Uh, not uh, if- specific plans. I, I got a text from them the other day saying they have some things coming up, so I'm sure I'll be talking to them, but there's no um, nothing happening right now. Um now, one thing I always ask guests that I forgot to ask you is, how long have you been in Los Angeles? I've been in Los Angeles for five years, five and a half years. And did you, you come? You, did you come straight from the Boston area to here? From straight from Ithaca. Oh, from Ithaca, right? Yeah. Okay. And do you like it? Do you like Los Angeles? I love my work. I like Los Angeles. <laughs> right. Yeah, I just want to know how you feel about the city. I I really like it. But I work a lot, and that's what I like doing. And I think that if I wasn't working i might be looking for a different city i'm not sure that's how i feel about it really yeah i mean um you know like i feel like uh i've been talking about this a lot lately just with friends and stuff like that where it's like you know if you have the thing that you know that you want to do or want to be doing just be doing it always and like don't stop doing it otherwise for me otherwise i go crazy you know and i'm like I get depressed or, you know, like, um, like I think I said, you know, I had like a, a big bout of uh, depression last year, you know, and I was on these like antidepressants for a while and then I got off of them. Um, and then like I, when I was on them, I had stopped doing stand up, you know, like because it had killed my drive and I wasn't doing it a lot. And I was still like making stuff and writing stuff and I like wrote a screenplay with a friend and, you know, make little videos and stuff like that. But like, I wasn't just, like, always doing the thing that I usually do to keep myself occupied and, like, keep a plate in the air. And then once I got off the meds, I was like, why am I such a mess and why can't I get my act together? And I, 
it's like I didn't have a, like a personal structure for myself, and I kind of feel like in L.A. because it's maybe being a director with a work will come and go, or maybe being like a writer or a mm-hmm. comedian or whatever. You know, you can't control that always, but to have something that you can control, like just doing something. I don't know if I'm making a right parallel with stand up and directing or whatever, but I feel like having that to where you're constantly working on something, it, it's like that's my structure. That I'm always, I've always got something to work on every day. I think that actually speaks to, because um, I, I have very strong feelings about Los Angeles because I hated it for about a year and a half when I, when I, How when long I moved have you here. been here? I've been here. Um, you're what? Seven and a half years, I guess. And you're, you're like 31? I'm 30. 30? Do I look 31? I'm sorry. I, I've been sick. You know so what? I'm, I'm, thir- sure. I'm I'm 32, and uh, and I I and I know I look young. And so when I see people, I'm like, oh, this person's my age. Like, I think like, well, I know I look young, and right. I think they look young. <laughs> but because I know I'm 32, I'm just going to assume they're 32 also. I, I honestly, or, or, I don't, but I'll, I'll subtract one year to not insult someone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind being thought of as as 31 at all. Now you're on your way. How far from 31 are you? Uh, I'm. I guess I'm just past the halfway, or a little past the. Halfway. I'll, I'll turn 31 in September. Okay, cut me some slack here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, but I hated it for a while, and I've and I've come to love it. But the thing you're talking about, um, the point I was going to make when that, I asked you how old you were was just that when I was, I moved here when I was 20, and I hated it for like a really? year because I didn't have any friends. I didn't know what to do, and I also you're out of high school. I was 22. Right, you're out of college. I didn't go to college, and you're out of like you're like young. And you're like. Uh, oh, oh, what to do? Like, I didn't even know how to talk to people. I didn't know how to say thank you when someone did me a favor. Like, it was uh-huh. just like, oh, I shouldn't say thank you because because then they're going to think I really wanted it and that and I was going to admit that they were doing me a huge favor and that it will be insulting or just weird dumb kid logic. That yeah. now it's just like, just say thank you. If you forget to say thank you, call the person and say thank you. Anyway, I interrupted you. Go ahead. That's great I, advice, though. It's yeah. true. Just <laughs> yeah. say thank you. Know, like, I don't know if anyone else ever had that kind of like dumb suburban kid problem like I did when I was 20 like where you just can't talk to people I mean I still sometimes get I get you know in that kind of shy awkward zone again but but in general it's like you have like little brain tools to keep you out of it or whatever where it's like just you know what's the obvious thing that's going on here I'm sorry you you hated Los Angeles yeah, I was just I, what, what I was saying is that Los Angeles is a city that uh, in between living in Missouri and here, I went to school in Chicago. I've talked about this on the on the on the on the podcast before. In Chicago, and when I visited New York, are cities I feel like as soon as you step off the sort of proverbial bus, you're sort of like swept up in like the cadence and the pulse of the city. Whereas this place, if you don't have that structure, you don't like find something, you don't put yourself in into the city. Um, it is a wasteland. But if you yeah. It's like, what do you, you go to Hollywood Boulevard and like, try to like figure out where the fun is? Yeah. Yes, but if you actively look for things, yeah. there's there's so much in Los Angeles. It's such a great yeah. such a great place. And as a person whose favorite food has always been tacos, Los that Angeles, ain't bad I do. I do. <laughs> that ain't bad You know, when people say, I hate L.A. or that's so L.A., like it really gets under my skin. Oh, that's a, a pet peeve of mine is people using the term L.A. or using the term this town to refer to the industry. Because yeah. there's so much, like I, I, I talk about on the podcast all the time that I, I take public transit to it from work. And so I am surrounded all day, every day by people who have nothing to do with the entertainment industry. They're just living their lives like they would in any, any other city. You know, it's not, 
this the entertainment industry couldn't prop up Metropolis on its own. There have to be people who have all sorts of an entire spectrum of other jobs, uh, and it it does it does grate on me a little bit when someone says uses the words L.A. Right. to refer to the entertainment industry. Yeah, or even just something like in regards to Hollywood or Beverly Hills or something like that. You know, like maybe that gives L.A. a bad rap. But even or with regards to the entertainment industry, um, y- you know, I-, I know I personally have my ups and downs and like sometimes I'll go in a phase where it's like uh, the rejection's harder to take and then there's other times like, okay, I'm, I'm good at this. I know how to, I'm good and, and I know how to handle that and that how to handle is like I said, just keep working or keep working on the things that you like. But um, when you have a goal set and 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 a process of working on those things, it ain't it's not such a cutthroat sort of a thing because mm-hmm. you're just always working on it. You know, it's not, and you're thinking less about why that guy get that thing or why didn't I get that or why not me? You know, and it's you're less concerned with an end result and more concerned with like just doing doing the thing. What do you Rich, think? What are your thoughts? I feel like Josh and I have taken over the show here. <laughs> what are your, it's your what are show? You, it is. <laughs> but I, you're I'm the guest. guest. You're, you, no, you're the guest host. <laughs> I'm, I'm. She's the guest. No, I, I said I'm a guest host. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, I'm I mean, I probably was trying to. <laughs> but I, I was going to ask you. What you know to tie it all back up? Did you hate LA when you first? Yeah, so you've been what, here what, what you less do? time. Did you immediately than start working, or what? You... Yeah, I kind of immediately started working. Ithaca has a internship. Uh, program out here uh-huh. so while I was in college I did a semester out here and did internships working on film production like basically unpaid PA work um, and so then when I came out did here did you I work just, on anything that you thought was cool um not particularly I mean like <laughs> fun little indie movies but right. they weren't they I you know either anything I would seen have seen them or no I, I see a lot of movies yeah but the one of the things actually one thing that I say when trying to get people to work on my asylum movies <laughs> um uh-huh. is that of you know i worked on a ton of indie movies that weren't asylum uh-huh. and i've seen like a quarter of them like they just it's so hard to the this in the super low budget world just so right. often nothing happens with them and so the one thing that's nice about asylum world is like your the product is visible you can tell people to go watch it um so those you know the movies that i worked on then and many movies i've worked on since then fall into the category of like i don't know what happened to those or Uh you know i saw a trailer and they've never heard from them again and the trailer didn't look that great or you know whatever sometimes there's a couple okay ones but nothing you would have heard of and you know and often they don't i feel like you're underestimating me i do do see a lot of movies (laughs) all right i won't i won't i won't pry obviously i'm not going to ask you which ones we're you not want to know which one sucks? <laughs> um, let's rub it in there. Rub their nose in it. Uh, so let's let's then talk about, uh, I guess, Funny or Die a little. What, what have you done for Funny or Die? Uh, well, I've done a lot of producing for Funny or Die, and then I've directed a handful of videos. Um, so kind of all over the place. Uh, my favorite Funny or Die video that I've directed is called Lady Time. Uh-huh. You can I like search that one it a lot. on Funny or Die. The one with you and Juliet? Yeah, Juliet yeah, yeah. Seneff wrote it. Um, and we're actually shooting the sequel this weekend. So oh, you can cool. keep an eye out for it. Um, but it's just a bunch of women, uh, kind of ridiculous. Like the way that you don't like people to say that's so L.A. Uh-huh. Like those type of <laughs> L.A. women uh-huh. uh, sitting around uh, kind of chatting and Oh, I don't want to spoil it. Just, right. just go, just go. I've seen it. It is it very up. funny. Um, but I, I, I love doing that one, and then I'm doing another one of those, and uh, done a few others. I did a toddlers and tiaras spoof with Ashley Tisdale. 
that was fun, and it was super fun to work with all the tiny little kids and put them in ridiculous costumes for was, that. Was Ashley Tisdale in High School Musical? Yes. Did you talk to her about Sunday School Musical? I did not musical? bring it up. And I, I maybe like I'm wrong, but I feel like people don't know. I feel like people don't know about about the mockbuster that they're in necessarily. Although that's too bad. I did hear a story about uh, a guy who worked on Transmorphers. One was in some kind of industry softball league, and he was on base. And uh, Michael Bay was the baseman, uh-huh. and he said, "Transmorphers, huh?" And then he said he just stole the base. He just ran. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's funny. That's all I know. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> okay, so I feel like that's the that's the interview I want, portion of the show. I wonder if uh, there'll be a, a, um, a pain and gain asylum called, like, Grin and Bear or something. <laughs> or, I don't know. Keep going. I mean, this Keep is a fun pitching. game. You guys don't seem like you want to chime in. I'm like, come on, let's, uh, let's well, come look, up with something. You're the performer. I just, I just greased the wheels. Uh, you riff. You riff. <laughs> don't deny it. <coughs> um, I can't just perform to a wall here. I've been trying to think what are the – oh, there's got to be there's got to be a Pacific Rim mockbuster in the works, right? I don't know. I, I don't know what's coming, coming up. I'm Pacific kind of... Edge. Okay, well, that comes out in mid-July. Atlantic, Atlantic we... Corner. It's currently Pacific. The day of recording is April April twenty second. Pacific Rim comes out mid July. Can we get this Pacific Rim mockbuster done? It may done? not be too late for that one. We could. Yeah. We could right. send the pitch. Do you, do, you, do you guys have any ideas uh, about just uh, what, uh, what? What? How different does it have to be? It really can be anything. Like some of them are very very close, but yeah. But often you know nothing but the title. Like the scriptwriters are just going off of you know like creating a treatment based on a. Like the Sherlock Holmes one was just based on Sherlock Holmes, right, right. And then we put dinosaurs and stuff in it. Okay, so what would be like Pacific Ocean, and it's about what? Um, is it about monsters or is that too close? What, what, what's a rim? I, Let's trying, start with that. What's a rim, and what's Pacific Rim about? I don't even know what it's about. I haven't been paying attention. Pacific Rim is the that's the Del Toro Del Toro movie about giant monsters coming out of uh, the ocean if there's giant and fighting monsters in it, giant then robots. There would definitely be giant things in what the about asylum it? version because they'll put giant things okay. in whatever whatever chance there is to put giant things in that's happening. Even if it's nothing even yeah. even if it's my, like, like the love Sherlock actually Holmes or whatever. Movie, oh, yeah. there were giants? Uh there were uh giant dragon giant So is that CGI? Yeah. How's that directing We um, had a funny story about a green screen. not not knowing you're like Oh yeah, you shot something. Can you share that, or you? Don't yeah. To, oh yeah. Oh, I can share it. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's funny now. There's a few stories throughout these movies that like are heartbreaking at the time, and like I can like really just like devastating, and I can't believe it. And then like a month later, I'm like, oh, that's actually funny, and uh-huh. it's okay, and my life went on. Right. Um. But so we shot the Sherlock Holmes movie. This is I'm gonna just spoiler spoiler alert for right. Sherlock. My Sherlock Holmes movie is that there's uh the kind of concept is that there's dinosaurs there's dinosaur creatures kind of attacking London and uh, and so Sherlock's on the case and then it turns out that it's they're, uh, they're like kind of steampunky robots created by by uh, not Moriarty, Moriarty oh. but another guy <laughs> <laughs> um, so so that's the that's the bit so then there's dinosaurs in right. the movie um, so I was so I helped design the dinosaur in, in prep with the VFX guys. We went through all these different thoughts, and the, the idea that we landed on was kind of like this cool lizard dinosaur that could climb things and jump on things, and that was kind of the scariest thing to me if it's like, you know, it's not huge. It's like 
six feet tall and then uh-huh. long, so it can really get in your face and get places. So that's what we shot, and that's what we did for the eye lines, you know, when someone's looking at it and backing away and terrified, and, and for, you know, where it goes when it jumps up on the rafters or whatever it does. So then in post, I assume it was some buyer thing. It was, actually. It was, like, I think it – was it Japan? I don't, I'm not trying to – I don't want to stereotype Japan, but I sure, think it sure. might have been Japan. It was like, the Japanese buyers want a T-Rex. We need to put a T-Rex in there. <laughs> and so we couldn't fit a real T-Rex in m- most locations. So it was like kind of a medium to small size T-Rex. It was like sure. a baby T-Rex instead. Like a, yeah, like a Shetland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly an, an Eohippus type. So, <laughs> so in like, so this T Rex like goes up into like disappears and is up in rafters all of a sudden, and like is doing moves that there's no way a T Rex could do, and is standing taller. Like, you know, people might not notice watching, but to me, it's like you know, people are like kind of looking at his chest the whole time, like <laughs> terrified, you know, because he's taller than like the lizard was supposed and to be. The T Rex is like my eyes are up here. That sort yeah. of thing. <laughs> yeah. there, there was no, Very there was, rude. They, they had they had. Didn't didn't have enough headroom in the frame for the T-Rex. Yeah. Okay, so a couple things. First, I, I, I realized after I said it, the Shetland thing is something I totally stole from the Sklar Brothers, and I didn't realize until after I said it, so... Uh, I don't even know. Well, in in reference to what? Just they have a recurring they on the on cheap seats they would do a recurring thing referring to any smaller version of a thing as oh, it's a the Shetland, Shetland version. version. And so I that was in my head. And I'm I sure that they that won't mind. I'm sure they wouldn't yeah, mind. But they're friends of the show and fellow right. St. Louis. I'm friends with like them gotta, too. All right, yeah, I got that St. Louis connection. Yeah. Um, okay, so wait, um, but I have more questions about these movies um, with casting. Do you mind if I ask? Like, well, this, you, and this will help us in our Pacific Rim pitch. Oh, okay. I don't care about Pacific Rim. So I'm like, oh, I can't but, get excited to joke about it because no, I don't know anything about it. I'm just like, what? I don't, I don't need you to care about Pacific Rim. I need you to care about the movie we're selling to Asylum. But then I got to know what Pacific Rim is. No, I just oh, no, know it's a big, t- a big yes, movie. That's all you got to know. The title and it's got giant Ga- monsters. Guerrero del Tormo. Yeah, that's his name. He's, he's, he's making it. You know, <laughs> so why not they? Maybe that's what they should call it. They should just because to me, Guillermo del Toro just all bleeds together. It's like oh, something I'm not going to see that just it's a uh, it's this weird kind of spiky gothic imagery. You don't like his stuff? I mean, just bored. I, uh, so, but I'm saying the Asylum version could be just you call it Guerrero del Toro or Guillermo del Tormo or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because that's all I see when I see his name of a movie is Guillermo del Tormo. So the asylum one should just be, you know, some knockoff name. Okay. That's it. That's, That's my catchy. pitch. It's very catchy. Okay. What are your casting questions? Because I'm going to take this oh, into the room. I just, you know, do you, uh, with with the movies in general, you know, do they say, like, well, we got to get a guy like this guy? Or with it, when you cast Sherlock, did you cast Sherlock Holmes? Uh, I, I help a little, but it's it's kind of like I can float ideas by people and then the, the executives there get to, you know, get to decide. But they're, and, not, they're not necessarily looking for a Rob Downey Jr. type? No. Okay. No. The British guy type, they go do the, is even British? Um, yeah, we sh- well, we sh- uh, he's actually Welsh. We shot in Wales. Oh, oh cool. Yeah. Really? So you went there and shot it? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. What and was I, that like? I asked this. How was the weather? Oh, you go ahead. Uh, it was overcast, but it's, you know, it's fun. It's good. Yeah. That sounds uh, fun. Yeah, it's good. <clears throat> you had a question. Oh, just in terms of like, and I kind of, you know, I asked you this earlier, like, when you're doing it, you know, I know you say you're pulling your hair out and you're like going crazy on the set, but as it's sort of thing of like, you know, I'm just trying to direct the way I would direct anything. This is not an exception, you know, like because this is, you know, this movie that people have this these feelings about. What, you know, yeah, what's your I mean, take on it? I'm usually 
I don't know if this reflects good or bad on me, but I'm usually just trying to make the best movie that I can. Yeah. And so maybe that means you fail even more if people don't like it than if you're like, oh, I didn't take it seriously, you know. Right. But like, no, I, the, I you know, I my I mean, my I the kind of solace I take is that like if the reviews say like for an asylum movie this was amazing. Like, I'm, you know, like, like I watch asylum movies and this really felt like a real movie, not like, you know, and I'm like, thank you. <laughs> so that's that's kind of so I'm like going at it, kind of trying to, you know, make it the coolest it can be. And then taking frustrating notes or taking, you know, like, uh, you know, my my Sherlock Holmes. Uh, I, I like I love uh, directing uh, fight sequences. But in general, action movies I'm not as excited about as dramas. And so, like, the I spent a lot of time in Sherlock Holmes on, like, like them drinking tea, having, like, cheeky conversation. And and the and the producers were like, that was way too much tea drinking. Like, they were like, that <laughs> was, that's not what there. our sci-fi audience. <laughs> so, so there's, like, some of that of me just being like, oh, I want to make what I want to make. And then trying my best to kind of make that work. Squeeze, with- the, squeeze those things that you think are your little take and put, putting them into the, those type of movies and stuff. Well, I'm glad you mentioned your taste because that, well, that was gonna. That's where I wanted to go next. Well, I, what, I was what, gonna what ask. You, I was gonna ask. Do you have? Do you have like a director's reel? You know, like do you, do you like do you put, do you put like do you have one? I have like started one five times. That's but, like, an embarrassing question. Like, no, I don't, and I should. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I was saying like you, if there's those scenes, you're sort of thinking of like, oh, I take that scene, you know, from. Yeah, there's definitely. You know, like, I I feel like I can make a there's. The movies overall, I'm varying degrees of proud of, but there's scenes or shots or whatever in every one that I'm, like, very happy with. You know, like, every movie, there's multiple scenes, and then the movies that I like the most, I feel like there's it's more of those than not. <laughs> that right. I'm like, oh, I'm really happy with how that turned out. I love that performance. I love that shot, you know. Yeah. So there's that certainly exists in yeah. all of them. And then, you know. Can you tell us what your personal favorite of the ones you've done is? Or is that a... Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess... Love at the Christmas Table, the which was which was a lifetime was uh-huh. sold to Lifetime Asylum movie, um, was the one that kind of was the most successful at what it was supposed to be. Like yeah. it actually stood up as a Christmas romantic comedy. Like people, some some people said it was their favorite Christmas movie. Like people liked it, you know, genuinely <laughs> and not in an ironic way. Um, and uh, Princess and the Pony, which is the kids' movie, uh-huh. is the same way because there's no asterisks because it's for kids, and so there's kids who just love that movie, like uh-huh. legitimately, like you know, like w- I've gotten emails from fan parents being like, "My daughter has watched this ten thousand times," so that's cool. That's you cool. know, that's like exciting. That and is then, exciting. and then you know, uh, Snow White has some scenes that really make me cringe, but like the some of the action stuff in that is like I think some of the like coolest stuff I've done like what if I'm putting together the real right. there's like a bunch of stuff in Snow White that's like epic and cool and like I stand behind as exciting so it's you know it's kind of all over the place I guess yeah okay sorry, so what sorry I, I interrupted you I know I, I yeah I just there's a it was a certain thing I was like I, I want to yeah. ask this there's something I want to know but I couldn't figure out how to like ask what I was trying to ask about like I guess putting a personal no, stamp you, on something that's not you don't have to you're the guest host I'm Tyler. I can do what I want. You, yeah, you're essentially Tyler. The only thing you have to apologize for is uh, w- one second bashing me for not riffing enough, and then the next second shooting down any Pacific Rim Asylum pitch I could think <laughs> but of. But that was my riff. That was the joke. <laughs> that was what I went for. I went outside the circle. You're you're saying Cause, cause you're you were, saying no. You're not saying yes and. You're saying no. This was my no. way of yes and. <laughs> I yes ended my way. You see, because you were like you're like you're the comedian. You do it. So I threw it back and be like, you know how to riff. 
Okay, so so that was the riff. Yeah, that was Cause before. Because I, I labeled you improv style. I labeled what you were. Sure, sure, sure. You know, I guess I don't know. I get it. I get it. Do um, you do improv? Do they improv in those movies? Uh, very little. Very little. See how that organic question came out of what was happening. Funny or die. Lots of improv in the Funny or Die, but there's just you're so tight on time, and there's so little time for coverage that you really, you know, you can't have people going too crazy because then you're like, well, I won't be able to shoot the other side of that, so we're stuck with this one, you know. Yeah. So what I wanted to ask you is about your personal taste in movies. I mean, you mentioned that you like dramas more than action movies, but what do you? uh, What did you? Do you like comedy a lot? Is that what what brought you to? Funny or die? I I like comedy a lot, but my my kind of passion, the the kind of movies I want to make, um, are kind of like indie drama with with a little bit of whimsy or magic in uh-huh. them. Like I love all of Jean Pierre Jeunet no, sure. stuff. Yeah. Um, I didn't I, like Mick Max that much. Yeah, yeah. Mick Max didn't have enough of a story. Yeah, I, um, I, I kind of. And hard, hard I actually feel the same way about City of Lost Children, but I'm I'm so obsessed with how it's shot and yeah, how yeah. that I just that I'm sold. And then Amelie's kind of the. Uh, how you do you, know. how do you feel about Alien Resurrection? I didn't see Alien Resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of a defender of Alien Resurrection. <laughs> what actually. about? Now certainly better than Alien Three. Didn't uh, didn't they this Caro? Didn't they split up and Caro made it his own movie or something like that? I, I haven't followed what Caro has done. Has he done? Because they I made that he did like some movie of his own or something. They like made that. Delicatessen together in City of Lost Children. Did they make Alien Resurrection together? Or was that just no? Children? That was no, just that was, so. It's just they just made those two movies together: Delicatessen and City of Lost Children. Yeah. Or were there others? I think that Caro made something else of his own. Well, Fact check it. It's a good thing Phones. we all carry little computers with us. Um, those guys all kind of came out of like there was like this the a similar like a whole scene of like the early eighty. I mean, early to mid eighties to early nineties, like French French visual guy like Luc Besson. Is, is that are they part of the, considered part of the same scene? Luc Besson and um, Benet with Diva and Betty Blue and and Leo's sure, I actually haven't seen. The guy who made, I've, I've forgot his name, but I haven't, yeah, I haven't actually seen Betty Blue or what was the other Diva. one? Diva. Diva. I haven't. I'm a big Luke Besson fan. Despite, Subway. Subway's pretty boring. Um, that last. Uh, did you see that last uh, movie that Luke Besson directed? That was the Aung San Suu Kyi uh, biopic. With, no. Uh, uh, it was. It was really not good. Yeah. It's that's not. It's not his forte. That stuff. I'm. I, I, I. But I'm a huge fan of. Um, the Femme Nikita and in uh, Leon, uh, even though he didn't direct it, it had a stamp element. on it. Uh, um, Unleashed. Did you like oh, Unleashed? I never saw that. My absent co-host Tyler he is a big it. fan of that movie. Well, it's super Lupasani in that, like, but kind of in a way. I mean, there's like a little girl in the movie who's like really obnoxious, and it's kind of got a real Lupasan not tinge Have you about seen it. This movie? Have you seen I any of the movies we're talking about? Uh, you, the trailer it was like it's like six years ago or something it came out and it's uh, Jet Li as a guy with a collar on it and he plays Bob Hoskins quote unquote dog and he's like yo my dog <laughs> and uh, when he takes the collar off he starts kicking beating everybody up and then Morgan Freeman's blind and sounds then great and then yeah. there's a I'm girl. on board yeah it's pretty um, according to IMDb Mark uh, Caro has made Exercise of Steel Made in Caro and Dante 01 so he didn't do much not me. Not much that I'm aware. Nothing that we're aware of. Familiar with. So maybe that guy didn't do much. 
So what's your favorite Luc Besson movie? <laughs> Do you like the Fifth Element? What's that? She went to a Renaissance fair. Oh, that's right. You went to the Renaissance. I haven't. I've never been to the Renaissance fair out here. I used to go in um, Kansas City every really? year. I, I'm from St. Louis, and my uh, every year in high school there would be a drama club field trip. Like we'd get to school very early in the morning, take the five hour bus ride um, to the Renaissance fair, stay there all day, and then ride back at night um and i it was a blast uh did you have fun at the uh i did fair was, out here in irwindale it was my third year in a row and i feel like the first year was like oh this is a funny thing we're gonna do and now it's like oh no i guess i just go to the renaissance fair like if now I'm you're going, just renaissance now, fair. Just, do you dress up no i don't you just go up. there but enjoy. every year i say i'm going to next year so oh maybe really next year next year be the one. Dress up. start getting your costume together now start <laughs> thinking about it and then you'll just have it you probably didn't dress up because you're like oh it's renaissance, renaissance fairs this weekend I don't have time to get a costume together. If well, you just take the they time. They do even have costumes you can rent when you get there, too. Ew. Sweat. <laughs> Sweat crud. <laughs> what do Grease. you do at the Renaissance Fair? Like, you take in a joust? Do you eat a turkey leg? It's neither of those things. It's mainly about throwing things that people would never let you throw normally. I threw throw? throwing stars. Throwing. I threw axes. I, you can throw spears. You can throw. I threw knives. You threw an axe. Yeah, they have all kinds of things you can throw. Like the games are all just like metal objects of different different type of weaponry. You wow. threw an you axe throw. at what? Like a tree? Uh, at a like at a target. Different kinds of targets. Holy yeah. shit! I didn't get to do that in high school. Yeah, it's how much longer is this thing running? I I think it's like in May. I think you still have time. Okay, it's still going. It's going on now. Okay. See, because you called it the Renaissance Pleasure Fair, <laughs> That's and, what it's and, and I didn't know. That, I'm like, wouldn't it just be called Renaissance? You don't Fair? see the billboards? No, I guess I, my eyes just go right through them. I'm not very observant. Um, no, it's good to ignore billboards. Actually, I try to um, obey. Right? They live. Yeah. Um, right. But uh, th- you said Renaissance Pleasure Fair, and I was like, what is that? Some sort of pervert thing? <laughs> it is. It is surprisingly it- sexual. I don't know if you remember that from your... Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, <laughs> It's, like, very, very, like, the most overt sexual harassment of all kinds, but, like, done in a very friendly, uh-huh. like, this is the period way. Uh, it's uh-huh. a, this is what we would do, maiden. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, gabby, gabby, grabby. Wait, is there jousting, though? There is a joust. Because there was jousting in I didn't Kansas go City. this... I just didn't do it this year. There is a joust. There's, like, a big, you know, joust yeah, yeah. thing. I didn't see it this year. Um, and also, all the staff that's there are drunk, I think. They all have pouches of like liquor that they drink, uh-huh. or mead, or you know whatever it is, and they're just drinking all day. Mead? What's mead? Mead is, is a, that like a grog? Is it like grog? Well, it's it's thing? like a mold cider or 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 beer, I think, but it's traditionally served hot. And how do you spell that? Mead? Yeah. M e a d. Like the Spiral Notebook brand. Yes. Also, like <laughs> the street I grew up on, Village Mead, Ooh. in Ballin, Missouri. Like uh, meat. With my a family d. doesn't live there anymore, so you can go. Throw eggs at the house. 293 Village Mead Drive, Baldwin, Missouri. 63021. I have no idea who lives there. Um, 918-749-9507 was my phone number growing up. My parents canceled it about a year ago. <laughs> I can't believe, you know, they're like, we don't use the number anymore. My phone number was 314-256-4841. And then uh, St. Louis County split to where only the city was 314 and we became 636. I don't know. I don't truck with that. I, I, I'm 314 for life. Yeah, nine one eight till I die. Too. My parents have the same one, so I'm not gonna say <laughs> okay. it. Okay. <on> <laughs> um, <clears throat> oh hi, hi Bobby. Um, oh uh, mead. Oh, I learned about mead actually 
one of my first jobs when I moved out to Los Angeles, I was a PA on Robert Zemeckis' Beowulf. Oh. Um, and uh, that's where I learned about Mead because they had to, they had a big like, you know, it's a motion capture movie, so they had this big sort of neon mesh thing with like reflective dots on it. They were like, that's the Mead like thing in the center of the hall, so everyone has to make a berth around that. And there's a part where like Grendel like picks up the Mead thing and throws it at people, and they're like, ah, because it's hot. Right. That's how I learned the Mead is supposed to be hot. I did it for Beowulf. I was I PA'd on Avatar. And oh, as we probably know Avatar, some of the same people. They get, I was only on for a couple of weeks. It was like my friend was coordinating, and she was mm-hmm. like, do you want to be on set? And I was like, oh, I've only done $100,000 movies. I should go see what this set is uh-huh. like. Um, but as part of it, they gave us tickets to Beowulf because they were like, look, it, it's going to be like this technology, but way better. Right, That's which it was. <laughs> um, and did I, you like Avatar? Because I did, and I didn't like Beowulf very um, much. Yeah, yeah, I liked Avatar. I didn't. I know you didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't love it, but I liked it, and it looked. It was. I was excited. I was thrilled mm-hmm. by the look, actually. Um, but I. So that was like blue, bunch of blue cartoons, video game Jar Jars running around <laughs> having <laughs> sex by touching their hairs, and like a bunch of sick little blue pervy you're just, little. You're just a prude. Little sick. You're turned like, off by. It was like a Ren Fair thing. Yeah, like a little real sick, pervy. Little sick cartoon Ren Fair. Pervy to you. It's all a bunch <laughs> yeah. of perverts. Yeah, maybe you should look in the mirror if you're if you're perceiving everything. Everything's pervert. As sexual. <laughs> um, what's was this? it a fun Whatever. set? Avatar. Because Beowulf was a blast. As much as I didn't like the movie once it came out, I had a great time working on it. Um, for me, my two weeks, it was actually really boring. Okay. It was super boring. I, I just came from directly from indie and an asylum mm-hmm. world where I was always so busy and. Personally, as a PA on Avatar, I did almost nothing. Like there'd be like they just had an excess of people, and I'm used to never having nearly enough people, uh-huh. and so it felt it was it was boring. You know, uh, can I a tell you um, a story about downtime on Beowulf? There was so much downtime all the time that it was one of the off. I, w- I was an on-set like motion capture PA. One of the office PA's jobs was to print enough copies of that day's crossword puzzle. And hand it out to everyone because people would just do cross. That's so it was like a set wide thing that everyone was pretty much working on the same crossword puzzle all day. And I remember one story. Uh, the clue was about um, I can't remember what the clue was, but the answer was I think Saint Olaf is a college in Minnesota, something like that. And um, I was so used to just everyone working on the crossword puzzle, I just turned to the person next to me one morning and said, like. Four letter blah 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 Saint something Minnesota and this one was like what and I realized it was actress Allison Lohman and it was her first day on set <laughs> she had no idea what this tradition was uh, so that was a bit awkward and then like I saw her again at lunch and I was like turned out it was Saint Olaf and she was like what the fuck are you talking I still about don't yeah. know. still don't know <laughs> so uh, that's real my quick story. it's not that interesting but my Beowulf story was that I was like five minutes late to the movie which normally not late to the movies but I was coming off of the avatar set going straight to the movie and didn't realize that i walked in the wrong theater at the wrong beowulf theater so i sat there and i was like i'm so confused but i was a couple minutes late and then like half hour later it was over i was like oh (laughs) i see what happened here i understand did you go and catch up no i i was you're just like well i know what the half hour last half because then i would have been late again like you know, I still would have missed. Yeah, you would have had to hang out for right. a while. But you never went back to see what that first... No, I have no... The first hour yeah. and, and 20 minutes or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I had that s- similar thing happen with... Except I... The the movie... they went. I went to the wrong theater, but the movie s- didn't start with uh, Trance last week. Yeah, was it good? I liked it. 
Because I'm I'm a big Danny Boyle fan, but I'm hearing not good things. No, I liked it. Okay. Uh, well, and then it, it, I saw Upstream Color the next day, and I hated it. I still haven't seen it, but you're the second person I know who has said that he I hated, hated it. it. My friend, uh, my friend Sean, with my used to co-host uh, my TV podcast previously on, also hated. But it. But there was parts of it that actually kind of went with trance, where it was like, it was like, oh, there was parts of Upstream Color. I was like, oh, I think I'm gonna like this, and then it's like, no, I'm I don't like it. What uh, have you seen recently, Rachel? Uh, the last thing I saw was Ginger and Rosa. I didn't well, see the, that. That's with uh, Elle Fanning, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure, right. Mm-hmm. That looked good. Um, It was, like, for a movie that's in the realm of movies I would like, it wasn't, I didn't love it, you know? So what's a movie you've liked? Well, what was your favorite movie of 2012? Did you have one? Favorite movie of 2012? Um, I mean, I do think that just whatever Paul Thomas Anderson is doing is the best movie. Like, I, like, just, whether it's the movie I want to make. You're just saying that because he was in it. No, I, but I wasn't in it. Yes, you were. I saw you. Oh, well, I, I got that, out. but I remember now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I vicariously heard the story, like your stories. Oh, yeah? Of, of that, yeah. Oh, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw you because before I saw it, Pat Healy told me where and when to look for you. Oh, right. And I saw you. Right. You're like, there he is. <laughs> yep. Um, look, with, and the part where you might be normally looking at these boobies. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what he said. Over. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so that, but then like in... Like, Beast of the Southern Wild was the movie that everyone saw and I then said, missed. oh, Rachel, you should see this. This oh. is going to be a movie you like. And I, and I, you, did. you know, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. You, so, uh, has that, you know, the, the drama with the little bit of magic kind of stuff that's hitting all the, and I love kids also. So I what other movies, what are some of your favorite movies that that have that, 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 that um, magic? Is that another like, reason, real quick, is that another reason why you're like, I got to really sincerely go to this Renaissance Pleasure Fair? No, I, I don't think so. Oh. Because it's a little magical, you know? Do you believe in magic? No. Okay. Maybe it's like that's – like I'm struggling to – want the magic. Struggling to find some kind of something in my life to believe in and so maybe that's what that is. I don't know. But I uh, – like I, I loved Where the Wild Things Are. I feel oh, like yeah, the like uh, Miranda July stuff has oh. not that fantasy but like that kind of magic. Like I love – I kind of eat up anything I'm such a fan of does. hers. Yeah. She's – Pretty great. The, um, the 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 future was like I think yeah. maybe uh, most underrated movie of 2011. The uh, me and you and everyone we know. Um, when I saw that in 2005, I think that's that, right. Um, that was like the first movie that somehow, like when I saw it, was when I was making films and when and I was like, oh, this is the first time. And like I wish I made that movie. Like completely, just like oh, that's exactly what I would want to make right now. Yeah. You know, and I don't I. Don't know if that's still true, but it like Did hit. Like it struck future? a chord. Yeah, I really liked it. Because I think, um, I think the future is amazing. I think, um, taken as a whole, the future maybe is more flawed than me and everyone we know. But I think because it was, it's, it seems so much more ambitious. Yeah, it, it really, it that movie really sticks with me. Yeah, I, I mean, it's been at this point almost two years since I've seen it because it came out early 2011, uh, and I still think about it uh, rather often. Yeah, and I, so much that I forget Hamish Linklater is the guy from. Uh, New Adventures of Old Christine with uh, Juliet Louis-Dreyfus. And also he was in that he's movie... In, he's in 42 also. Which I didn't see. I saw it. But he was in that movie Groove. I don't know if you... I didn't see Because I, in like 2000, 2001, my freshman year of college, I was um, doing a lot of uh, raving, you know, going to raves awesome. on the Blue weekend. Hair? Blue hair? Uh, no, I didn't. Um, candy stuff? I, did, I, uh, I, actually, I had a lot of friends who were like the candy kids, but I never did that. I mostly just wore a hoodie, and people would often mistake me for a drug dealer and ask me cool. if what I had got? any rolls. <laughs> they would say, you got any rolls? And I would say, I'm just... 
here tonight. Just here <laughs> but uh, Hamish Linklater is the guy from Groove, which is a not very good and kind of corny movie. Uh, that's like it's not like the it's like a hippie movie for ravers, like trying to make the rave scene seem like right. it's this the whole plur piece. I remember actually, I'm wearing this T-shirt. The, the, from the, the sixth annual New York Underground Film Festival. Yes, and I remember seeing this movie that was like train spotting trickle down called The Acid House. Oh, uh, directed by Paul McGuigan? I don't know. McGeegan? It was based off an Irvine Welsh novel, but yeah, yeah. I didn't like it that much. Well, but I, I was it. also like a snooty 18, 19 year old where I was like, mm, well, I really have you know specific taste, so maybe if I'd watch it now and I like, I would like it. I don't know, but um, but then I was like, but he went on to make a movie. About ten years ago, maybe called the Reckoning with Paul Bettany and I think maybe Willem Dafoe. Uh-huh. It's a period piece, like medieval, and this like um, it's like a troupe of uh, like actors who like go town to town and put on little plays, and they sort of like stumble into this essentially like kind of occult murder mystery in this like small hamlet, like mm-hmm. that they go to perform in, and it's directed by that guy who made the Asset House, and it's a really right. cool, really cool movie, The Reckoning. Yeah. Maybe it's good. Um, I'm saying I'm telling you it's good. Yeah. No, I mean maybe maybe the <laughs> So that's it. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we've been going an hour. This is like flown by. I've been having a blast. Uh, but this has been an hour. Um, I, but I never. It, oh, I, w- I was going to ask actually. Are there are there like things like your your own like little personal movies of that sort of style that you're like oh you know I have that on the back burner but I'm I'm always kind of working on this sort of dream project of your own or oh. whatever. Uh, a little bit. I'm writing something right now yeah. that that I've been writing for like a year. So yeah. we'll see when that happens. So it's happens. not the Pacific Rim thing. It it actually is. <sighs> Spoiler. <laughs> Cat out the bag. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I have a friend that I'm collaborating on something with, but nothing. I don't I don't have like a oh this is the thing that I want to make that's right here and ready to go as soon right. as I can get the funding. It's kind of like I keep as soon as I. I need to set time aside to do that, but I just keep getting offers that I'm still excited about. So then yeah. I'm like, oh, I'll do that. And then it consumes my life for six months and then something else happens. So when I take a breath, then I will do baby project. Yeah. And uh, what about um, favorite movies from childhood or inspirational movies that inspire you as a as a director or as an artist? Um. Well, it's not really childhood, maybe, but uh, the first kind of indie movie that I... Because I literally didn't know that indie movies existed growing Mm -hmm. up in suburban Massachusetts. Like, I had no idea that there were movies besides the 12 Uh in in the The multiplex. multiplex. (laughs) Um, And Buffalo 66 was like... I love that movie. Changed everything. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I saw that movie. Oh, yeah, you don't like like it? I I, I feel like I'm missing something when I watch... Oh, man. When was the last time you watched it? It's been a while. It's been maybe 10 years. Okay, so revisit it. Because I saw it when I was like 19. I was like, it's cool. But like, it always stuck with me. It's like, oh, that's just like indie dreck. And then I watched it like like a year or two ago. I think I probably cried. Like, it was, really? it was so good. Yeah, yeah I and really it's, love it's it. funny. And it's just like, um, it's just got its own style. And the look of it's really cool. And the framing. And, you know, it's just like, it just feels like pure movie making to me you know in in every in every sense of it you know uh um i wish i knew how to describe it better why i like it so much uh well maybe you because what do you like so much about yeah. it? yeah uh i don't i mean i guess for me also just saying that it came so early in my mm-hmm. 
filmmaking knowledge or, or movie knowledge that it just felt so different and it felt so cool and it really had a voice and like for a while it was that and then me and you and everyone we know uh-huh. and I was like oh I'm super super a Tory like I uh-huh. only like things where someone like makes it all about them you know yeah, like yeah. oh Vincent Gallo just wants to make exactly his movie and it's perfect and great and he should just do that and then you know Miranda the same thing so. did you guys see the brown bunny and if so what did you think of that you go first <laughs> I saw it and I, I was a little bored I saw it and I liked it but I didn't like the end, and not just because I'm a you know a prude like Josh, but sackhouse uh, perverts. <laughs> it, it became too like self indulgent at the end. But I liked all the like boring road trip stuff. See, well, I actually, s- it oh. didn't stick with me, which feels like a bad thing because I was super excited about it and like barely remember it now. See, I saw it and hated it when I saw it, and I was bored. Um, but now I. You know, I kind of like to revisit things, you know, a few years later and be like, maybe I was wrong about it. Uh, and so now I think, like, maybe I would enjoy that kind of, like, slow meditative. You're like a meditative. Vincent Gallo revisitor. You only like him. Right. Uh-huh. Well, but then I think I, yeah, I revisited Buffalo 66, like, is maybe, like, two, three years ago, and I really loved it. And But I didn't hate it going in. I was like, oh, it's probably good. But, like, I was really good when I watched it, you know, a few you know, a few years later. But so I feel like maybe I might enjoy that sort of slow meditative, like, you know, road trip thing. The movie with Vincent Gallo, not that he directed it, that he's in, that I like stumbled upon at the video store when I was in high school that I loved is uh, Abel Ferrara's The Funeral. Have you guys seen that movie? Mm-hmm. Basically, it's a brother, it's a it's a family of, like, a, it's a mafia family, New York mafia, mafia family, and Vincent Gallo's the young one and he gets murdered. And so it's all told sort of in flashback of like leading up to his murder. And then concurrently, it's the living brothers played by Chris Penn and Christopher Walken trying to find out who murdered their brother. Uh, it's a Wait, super depressing Chris, movie. Chris Penn and Christopher Walken play brothers? Yeah. Christopher Walken is the oldest, then Chris Penn, then Vincent Gallo. They're all brothers. Oh, wow. Christopher Walken played Chris Penn's dad in At Close Range. Huh. Well. And Sean Penn's dad. And they played brothers. And they were real brothers. How about that? No one cares about me. <laughs> um, like that I said. Ma- you it, guys like that Madonna song from that movie? Which one was that? Live to Tell? No. Don't know yes. Live, live to Tell. I don't know. Hope it. I live to tell the people I will see. Till then it will burn inside of me. No? No one? No. I, I, feel, like, I feel like I like Madonna, but I... Don't have a favorite Madonna song, Rachel. That almost sounded like a Cher song. I can't really do a Madonna. I like Cher. I wasn't trying to insult your impression. Oh yeah. Well, I'm not a singer, but I could try karaoke it. Yeah. Um, speaking of impressions, this is the first time you've been on the podcast in a while that I haven't asked you to do any impressions, so I'm pretty very proud so, of myself oh, for yeah. that. Well, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind if, you, if there was one that you wanted me to do. But. You've been working on any? Well, it's not really an impression. It's in my stand-up. I've been doing this bit that's more of like. An observation that's quasi impression, uh-huh. just about like Denzel Washington. Um, in well, because I liked Flight, and a lot of people said they didn't like Flight. I it was okay. I like. I mean, it felt like it was like a good '90s movie, you know. <laughs> and it's like, but I think going into it, so many people told me they hated it that I was like, that's not bad. But what I observed about Denzel Washington is that he always plays a guy who really knows his job. And I think that's why audiences like they like him and yeah. they trust him because he's like, he's always like. I'm on the plane. I'm on the train. I drive the bus. My name's Gus. I'm on the bus. Ha, ha, ha. This is my bus. This is my plane. This is my train. Black box, tell me you love him. Black box, tell me you love him. Tell, what's your son's name? Trevor. Tell Trevor you love him. Black box, tell me you love him. 
And like, uh, he's like, we're going to roll it. We're going to roll the plane. And uh, yeah, basically the joke I've been doing in my stand-up is that like, you know, I'll ramble on that for a long time about like, this is my job. I am this job. I am this job. You know, and uh, doing a job for 20 damn years. I should know how to do the job. And then like, uh, you won't ever see a bumbling Denzel Washington. You won't see Denzel like, yeah. oh, it's my first day on the job. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I need to check the manual. I don't do know how to do the job. Do you think that's or do you think he chooses, like, I'm only going to take roles where I'm a fucking authority? Like, Probably. <laughs> I have a good question. Well, did you see? Um, Maybe if no matter what he is, he would play a guy who's like, well, I've been doing this a million times. I know how to do this. I know how to do that. Um, did you see Jonathan Demme's Manchurian Candidate remake with him? Because he, he, he starts like, off as that, but he sort of goes crazy in the movie and becomes like a... Like his brain was rambling nut. Yeah, but he starts off like I know my job. I know my job. Yeah, my job. I do the job. I know that. What, what does he play? What is he? What's his job? Uh, well, he's he's the um, um, what what is it? I get. Well, I guess he's the. I'm trying to remember now. Is he the? I don't. You he's know. the guy who gets brainwashed. Yeah, but, I mean, he's the really Henry you could Silva go through his character. list of movies, but it's it's very and then different. say like and he, he's like flight. He really knows his job of the plane. Uh, unstoppable. He really knows that train. Right. Uh, uh, probably the Taking a Pelham remake. He probably knows transit control. Yeah. Zachary Garb. I know the control. Oh, that train's supposed to be there. That train's supposed to be there. Uh, and also two train things. Also, yeah, also working class guy, but also Mo Better Blues, which I watched recently and had never seen and really liked. Uh, he he really knows that trumpet. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he got game. He knows his game. Yeah. Um, Out of time, he knows being a Florida cop. Right? He's like, I'm a cop. The cop's going to be over there. We're gonna, and oh, he's also good at like talking things out. We're going to talk it out. I'm going to talk you down. I'm going to talk it out. We're going to talk it down. Um, it's comforting. Yeah, he's comforting. So, look, I've been doing this 20 years. I know how to do it. I'm going to do, do good. I'm glad he's yeah. here. Thanks, Denzel. Yeah. That's what audiences say. They go, yeah. Denzel's going to take care of us. Well, Rachel, I'm glad you were here. That This was a, a very fun episode. It uh, flew by, for me, at least. Um, uh, you guys... At home can find me at battleshippretension.com where there's reviews and links to this and other podcasts. And of course, I'm always on Twitter at The Pretension. Uh, Josh, you're on Twitter at... At Josh Fadum. Josh Fadum. And a uh, website or anything you want to give out? Or no, just, just the Twitter? Just the Twitter. Just, I mean, no, just the Twitter, really. Okay. Just the Twitter. Um, Rachel, where people find you? I'm unreachable. <laughs> there's Can't no Twitter? Uh, there's no Twitter. Well, people should there's look for, no. look for lady, lady Time Facebook? on Friend of Your Die, yeah. right? On, you can search my name on Funny or Die. There you go. Or you can search my name on Netflix and see whatever Asylum movies are playing.